Hello, my name is Rebecca May Johnson. I'm a writer and cook, and this is my Substack. This week's newsletter is about theme and variations, cooking to run down supplies, recipes for savoury black beans to eat with chips and lemon ice cream, as well as my eating notes from the week. For the next two weeks after this, the newsletter will be dispatches from Rome, where I'm recording now. In brief, hatred of washing up playlist. Following on from my washing up essay a few weeks ago, here's a playlist of music to wash up to with songs I like and songs suggested by people on social media. I love to dance and I hate to wash up, so I try to make this sink into a dance floor. A drop in a track or a rhythm or a bass line helps me to enter the carnivalesque space of the music and leave the prosaic space of the washing up bowl. You can find this playlist on Spotify under the title, Hatred of Washing Up. Theme and Variations. I put a photograph of grated cheddar cheese on a crisp on Instagram when I was making dinner this week. The snack happened because I asked Sam to grate cheese when I was making savoury black beans to eat with oven chips. The recipe comes later. And we were eating crisps while I cooked. I think Sam did it first. Put a few strands of grated cheese on a crisp. And then he handed one to me. We were both immediately struck by how delicious it was and that we had never eaten a crisp and cheese in precisely this manner before. At best, I thought the photograph would be mildly amusing, but underneath, people expressed both their love for this snack and also many other versions of this snack. A theme and variations emerged. At what point, at what scale, does a recipe begin? I find the comments underneath the picture fascinating and moving. Suddenly, it appeared that there were almost infinite ways through which people could express their being in the world by preparing and eating a crisp. The photograph accidentally uncovered a vein of invention and flavour and narrative and life. I'll read out now the comments under the post. Me. Grated cheddar on a lightly salted crisp. Who knew? At verbiage. Oh yes. Also a slab of butter plus salt plus crisp. Holly M. Fitz. Yes. Oh, a pombe is always a good idea. Me. Must try. Holly Fitz. Or pombe and compte for a bit of bite. Izzy Pew. Cream crackers plus grated cheddar plus 10 seconds in the microwave equals life-changing. Me. Oh, need a microwave. Sorry, microwave. <laughs> At Izzy Pew. I have tried on an Arga and confirm it is not a good idea. Katin Kalinka. Crisp cheese and butter sarnies are the best. On white bread, not sourdough in capitals. Two ofs. Lydia Squidia 1. I love doing this, especially if the cheese is really cold. Me. It is fridge cold. Natalie Tan. I must try this. 
Kirsty Watling, Sensational, Leo Dolstoy. I love placing an anchovy on a salty crisp. Me, yet to try. Running down supplies. We did not buy groceries this week because we are going to Rome. Cooking has been a practice of running down supplies to avoid mouldering vegetables and dried out cheese when we get back. Oven chips and a tin of black beans were the basis of dinner on Friday night. I cooked the beans quite instinctively, adding flavours as they occurred to me and chasing a hot, sharp, savoury, fragrant flavour. Mexican oregano, epizotti, vinegar, chilli, tomato. The result was, pleasingly, exactly what I wanted. The epizotto was grown from seed by a family member in Wales. Sour cream added a cool richness that enhanced the beans, and grated cheese acted like a final seasoning. Ingredients. Two tablespoons of sunflower or vegetable oil. One tin of black beans. One small onion, finely sliced. One tablespoon of tomato paste. One teaspoon of harissa paste. Half a tablespoon of whole cumin seeds. Half a teaspoon of Mexican oregano. I bought this at the Cool Chili Co. You can find them on the internet. Optional, a teaspoon of epizote. You can also buy that from the Mexican Chili Co. in a sealed tin. Half a tin of plum tomatoes. Half to one tablespoon of white tablespoon of white vinegar, rice or white wine, depending on the acidity of the tomatoes. To serve, sour cream, strong cheddar cheese, or your favourite cheese for grating. Optional seasoning, seasoning for oven chips. Grind and mix together a teaspoon of salt, a teaspoon of garlic powder, half a teaspoon of chipotle or chilli powder. How to make. Preheat the oven to 200 degrees Celsius. Put in the oven chips when you have softened the onions when making the beans. See below. Add the oil to the frying pan and then the sliced onions. Season with a pinch of salt and turn on the heat. Cook for six to seven minutes until they are softened but not browned. Then add the tomato paste and the harissa paste and stir around in the oil. Add the cumin seeds and allow to sizzle for a moment. Then add the half tin of plum tomatoes and the oregano and epizote if you have it. Break up the tomatoes with a wooden spoon and stir. Simmer for a few minutes. Add the black beans and stir and simmer for 10 minutes. Then add the vinegar and a small ladle full of water and simmer for another five minutes. You want the beans to be saucy enough to provide a little gravy for the chips. Season the beans with salt and black pepper and allow to rest for five minutes before serving. If using, toss the cooked oven chips with a chilli garlic salt. To serve. Divide the chips between two plates. Spoon over the beans, half covering the chips. Add a spoon of sour cream on top and a few gratings of cheddar or your chosen cheese. 
lemon ice cream. We also had a surfeit of lemons to use before we left. Nine years ago, my dad and I stopped at an unusual bed and breakfast in New Yorkshire on a journey to Scotland towing a sailing boat. I found the place online and thought it sounded novel, but I could not drive then and did not consider the difficulty of trailing a boat up a very steep, very narrow, winding road. When we eventually arrived, we were served drinks in a formal way with the owners of the bed and breakfast at 6pm in an old-fashioned sitting room, then ate with them in a dining room where we made polite conversation. He had run a bed factory in Huddersfield. She planned to build an alternative healing centre in the converted garage. And they liked going to London and back in a day on the train to watch musicals. After a main course of 1970s-style pineapple rice with chicken, we were given lemon ice cream. It was the first time I tried lemon ice cream, and I found its posset-like, sharp, sweet creaminess delicious. When we were unable to go on holidays to Sicily in January because of Covid, I bought a Cuisinart ice cream maker from John Lewis to compensate for missing out on gelato. I'd never made ice cream until this year, really, and the surprising ease and quality of the results has been an exciting development. Among the favourites so far have been vanilla with roasted salted nuts, David Lebovitz's eggless version of ricotta with pistachio and preserved peel. The the recipe is on his website if you Google it. Mango sorbet and this lemon ice cream, which is made without eggs. Ingredients. 220 mils of freshly squeezed lemon juice and grated zest from the lemons. Grate the zest before juicing. 400 mils of double cream. 150 mils of whole milk. 200 grams of caster sugar. Mix all the ingredients together until the sugar dissolves and leave to rest in the fridge for an hour covered. Put the mixture into the ice cream maker and churn for 25 minutes until it's ready to put in the freezer. So it should be thick, but not so thick you can't get it out of the machine. Put it in the freezer in a sealed container. To make without an ice cream maker, pour the cream mixture into the container into the freezer after resting. After one hour, remove from the freezer and stir well with a spoon before returning to the freezer for another hour. Then take it out again and stir it up again before freezing fully. Eat within a week for best texture. My friend Anna Kinsler told me that tip. Take the ice cream out of the freezer for 10 minutes to soften before serving. I think this would be very nice with a shortbread biscuit. Eating notes. On Monday, I replicated a dish that the chefs used to make as a starter in a restaurant I worked at. Ricotta with sprouting broccoli and anduja on top. I spread ricotta on a large plate, covered it with lots of broccoli cut from stems from the allotment boiled in well-salted water for two minutes, dressed with anduja fried in butter and topped with some toasted flaked almonds. 
We ate this for dinner with bread. On Thursday, Sam and I had an accidental date near Liverpool Street Station when I met him to hand over house keys on my way to the publication day party for Bethany Rutter's novel Welcome to Your Life at Kirkdale Bookshop. At Three Uncles near the station, I had a box with slices of three roasted meats, rice, greens and two little pots, one with fermented chilli and one with plum sauce. I particularly enjoyed the soft roasted duck and crisp-skinned pork belly. I accidentally found my way to cooking a congee-like dish a while ago while trying to look after my stomach when it was sore. I copied a favourite method for making soup with lentils, potatoes and water flavoured with garlic and chilli and used short-grain rice instead. On a day this week when I had a sore stomach, I cooked short-grain rice, cubed sweet potato, lots of grated ginger, grated garlic and salt in a litre or just a bit more of water until it was all soft, then served with spring onion greens, nori seaweed and array of condiments to choose from, soy sauce, sesame oil, laoganmar chilli, pickles, and I gave Sam a boiled egg to have on top too. I didn't have greens that day, but I often add them at the end. I just added a little soy sauce to mine and found it soothing. In preparation for going to Rome and anticipation of a friend staying for a few days while we were away, we emptied and cleaned the fridge really thoroughly for the first time since we got it three years ago. I put a wooden Lazy Susan in the fridge that this same friend gave us when she moved out of her flat. Such satisfaction. Until today, the fridge was filled with many half-finished condiments, two jars of extremely old sauerkraut, and the vegetable drawer which held shriveled potatoes, deceased snails and mud from my deposits of leafy plants from the allotment. Thanks for listening. Next week it will be Dispatches from Rome.